Sword. I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And on this episode, we are reviewing The Name of the Wind by Patrick Rothsford. I can never say his last name. Rothfuss. Rothfuss. Yeah, I want to say Rothsburger because yeah. I'm just like, hey, go ahead, Ben. Yeah, go they weren't us. even in the Super Bowl, right? <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. Uh, what we have here is a fantasy story about, uh. It's a story of David. It's a story of me. It's uh, a fantasy story. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's, uh, it's one of those types of stories where you've, you've got kind of like, uh, a hero telling his journey to where he is become. Do you know the seven words, David? Uh, the seven words to make any woman fall in love with you? Yes. Do you know them? I mean, just ask some women. They'll tell you yes. Word, word in the street is? Jim knows him. Oh yeah, I heard that Jim. Jim, Jim knows him. I heard. I'll heard never it's tell. Not so much, it's not so much seven words as seven notes on a loop. It's it's <laughs> truly it. You know. Um, <laughs> yeah. Jim had to love this story. Yeah. Was, this all there's lots of loots in this story. So many loots. So many loots. The question is, does he have like a a, a concert loot, a court loot, or like a bar loot? I just want to know. Well, the thing is. This is Jim we're talking about here. He he plays he, he three loops all out simultaneously. Three loops. Yeah, all three versions. Wow. Simultaneously. Yeah. That's, yeah. In, that's impressive. Maximum lootage. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Jim's just over there. Some uh, nice two, lootage. Two minutes in and I'm already dying. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep. Bleeding all over the place here. Yeah, he, he, knew, he knew he was going to get the loot crap. We've been giving... Jim crap about the loot since way back in two, yeah, <laughs> two freaking years. <laughs> two freaking years. It, it, it started back at the when we were talking about the ballast set back in the Dune series, yeah. right? And well, the ballast is a fictitious right. instrument, but there is a loot. There is a loot. Yeah, in the movie, it's, it's portrayed as a loot. That's right. In the uh, sci-fi yep. version. Yeah. So loot. So okay, so brief overview of the story. And it's all about a loot. That I curse the day that I pointed out that it was a loot that Gurney was playing on that uh, show, <laughs> and not a ballast. <laughs> mm. Brought this on himself. It is very true. He did bring it on himself. So so okay. So getting to a brief summary of the name of the wind, uh, we have Quoth, who is a. Fabled hero. Do you mean coat? Coat. Coat. Quoth. Quoth. Same. Quoth. Yeah, he goes by coat in the end, but quoth in the rest of the story. Right. He's a guy of many names. <laughs> He's kind of undercover running an inn, and a gentleman comes in uh, who is a chronicler, they call him. Yep. And he comes in and he discovers coat is quoth and wants to take his story and write it down. And coat says, It'll take me three days to tell you the story. And this book comprises all of the story that he tells on day one. So right. 
You spend most of the time in flashback, but there is some back and forth between the bar and the story. And it starts with him as a young child and how he kind of discovered um, magic and went through some hardship losing his family, got to the academy and some adventures there, some budding romance as a young man, and uh, kind of trying to find the people who killed his parents at the same right. time. And that's kind of the uh, gist of it. Yeah. And this is book one of a trilogy. Trilogy. Um, and uh, so there's no real technical conclusion in yeah. this book. That's pretty good. Yep. Yeah. So uh, how would you guys feel about it? Initial thoughts as you uh, read this book. Let's start with you, David, and then we're going to go to you, Jim. Okay. Initial thoughts on the book. This is we're going to get into characters. I'll just give – I mean – it's okay. I'm. I was reading it mostly and thinking, "This is alright. I don't understand why it's such a hit." It's okay. It's not great. It's not. It's definitely not bad uh, by any means. But it's not. Like people, are, from what I maybe the second book will change my opinion, but but people are like after him for the third book, and I don't know. I kind of was like when I was done, I was kind of like. Nah. I mean, if we don't, if we don't, if it doesn't win the thing, like, I don't know that I necessarily need to read the second book. There's nothing, there's no drive for me to continue on with this story. Um, however, that said, it's not, I'm not saying it's bad. I'm just, you know, I just, I don't know. I just didn't, didn't connect. Well, there, there's drive now. Well, there we are. So my overview is, uh, it's okay. All right. Jim, how, what did you think of this loot book? <laughs> Chapter three, they didn't go over the right kind of loot instructions. The fingering wasn't quite what I expected to be in the I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You guys are going to pay. You are going to pay. Because one of these days, I'm going to make it up to Pennsylvania. And we're going to get thrown. He's going to just smash yeah. loots over our heads. That's right. I uh, found this book to be utterly amazing. Okay. Now, com- oh, nice. com- comparative to the other fantasy we've read, better or on par or how would you say? I well, see now that now we're going to compare apples and oranges, or lutes and guitars if you choose. It doesn't matter to me, but um, uh, a completely different idea uh, in in name of the wind that I appreciate every bit as much as I did in the Aragon stories. Okay. All right. I can appreciate yeah. that. I mean, uh, you're fairly new to the fantasy world, so... So uh, you're saying he has terrible judgment, is that what you're no, saying? No, no, no. <laughs> it's, it's nice to get that. I mean, maybe that's... That is why it didn't... Well, so, I didn't have that same effect for but, but let me ask you this. Right now, you're going through the Sword of Truth series. Yeah. That has you hooked. I'm in so a pretty pumped big, for that. Yeah, you're really pumped with it. So comparatively, you're reading this and saying, well, this isn't quite doing the same thing. Yeah, that could that could have affected it as well. I won't, I won't shy away from that. Yeah, so I mean. So. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the, this is ahead. a young, well, Name of the Wind, isn't this a young adult book? Uh, I don't think it's billed as a young adult book. I don't. Yeah, I don't think okay. this one is either. Yeah. I mean, it might sell a young adult, but I don't think it's was a young adult. No, it's not considered a young adult novel. 
Okay, because it, it it seems to when um, with the relationship uh, between the main character and the girl, it it just seemed more like uh, an, a young adult kind of situation. But I think that's more reflective of close naivety than it is on um, the fact that we have, um, you know, him and Denna, you know, carrying out their relationship here. And right. their actual age in the book. Yes. Would reflect. Because what? Is he like, he's like 15 or 16 and pretty naive. Yeah. He's yeah pretty naive. So I think it's more reflective of that. At least that's my, my interpretation of it. Okay. Yeah, but, you know. I'm looking at this book. So this is the second time I read it. And I'm so glad we read it again because I forgot how much I loved this book the first time I read it. And uh, so going back and revisiting, I felt like I was coming back to an old friend. And, yes, I knew what was coming. And I was anticipating different things. And there were certain parts that I was cringing, like when the uh, when he when his loot gets busted. Um uh, Jim Arrowwood, he was he was totally in tears yeah. when that happened. I mean, you just don't bust a good instrument like that. He called me but crying. I, 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 I believe it. But you know what? It is this this the character of Quoth and the relationships and his wit. Um, and so he's very naive when it comes to girls, but he is not naive in the ways of the world, and he's very clever. And full of wit, and um, I like. And, and granted, he's the one telling the story, and that's always remind. We're always reminded of that when we're pulled back out into the end. That he's the one telling the story, and so the story mm-hmm. is with not without. It's not without bias, and he even acknowledges that at sometimes. Yeah. So I think that that for me, this story is beautiful. I hate the way this ends because I want to read on and figure out what's happening day two, but. I really like the story. I, I was so glad. So glad that we read it again. So we're going to hit them eventually. I have three major plot, main, not plot, three things in this book that bother me a lot. A lot. And when we get to them, we'll hit them. I don't know if I should talk about one now. we we talk about the author and the writing? Yeah. So uh, did, is that okay with you, Jim? Um, Sure. All right, so go go ahead. Talk about Patrick Rothfuss. Okay, so my first big issue with this is I'm reading this book, and I started to hate the author. Not the characters. The author. I, I felt like he was just sitting at his keyboard, smug, as I'll get up. Oh, they think that I'm going to do this like you always do. But I'm going to flip the book. Watch me. I'm going to take this to the next level. And then, not, but he didn't just be like, I'm going to take your, I'm going to, uh, you know, flip this on your head. He would then wrote that into the book and said, right now is when you would think that the child would meet somebody and have a mascot or have a, have a mentor. But that's not how this story's going to go. And then it would go on to not, I mean, he would, but then not really have like, you know, the Yoda or, or Obi-Wan or whatever character form or, you know, Gandalf or, and it's, it's like, why did you have to point that out? Like, you, you take me out of the book because now instead of being like, well, what, oh, that it was wasn't the author. It was Quoth pointing that out. It was the author. It was Quoth. It was the author with a big head thinking that he <laughs> was so cool for, for like, 
subverting expectations. I'm like, Bo, is this Rain Johnson? Is this, is this the, is this the last Jedi? Well, now, look, just listen. Hey, Patrick Rothfuss, I just want you to know that these, these, the views expressed here are not reflective of Jim Arrowwood and myself. So I'm just yeah. saying that. Yeah. So if you ever want to come talk in the show, we'll make sure that David's not here that night. I- I'm just kidding. He might not actually be like this, but the book just put this impression <laughs> in my head. He was just like, I just imagine the smug, and then imagine the smug smile, and then like the the cat on the piano, but it's him on the keyboard. Like, I'm so smart. I can write these novels. Look at me go. Oh, <laughs> he will. He will never come. That's the, that's the impression that it gave. Like it, the writing is really good. It's just those moments, and then there's like two or three of them in the book where he he breaks. He, in a way, he's breaking the fourth wall and being like, "Oh, hey, you know, you normally a fantasy book would be this way, and I know you like that kind of stuff, but that's not how I'm going to play it. And now I'm going to prove it to you." Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, that was one of my my things. But again, the writing is good. It's just those couple of moments where it was like. Reading a Deadpool comic or something. I don't know. Anyway. This rant has been brought to you by... <laughs> <laughs> rant one of three. Yeah, yeah. Well, you oh, know, David, boy. There's always a rant somewhere yeah, in uh, the... Jim's got the loot. I got the rant. <laughs> you do got the rant. <laughs> okay. Well, I suppose we should probably move into uh, characters. Um Unless you, let's, talk, let's, let's talk about the character of David. Yeah. So. <laughs> Unless you guys have any comments on the writing and the and what you thought of of Patrick. See, that didn't bother me because Monster. I felt like it's um I felt like it's just you know the character quote telling a story. So I'm like and this is the way he tells it. Mm-hmm. And he's he's narrating it to Chronicler. And so what's interesting about the story is that at one point he is very much a participant in the story, mm-hmm. but he also – so in my English classes, we talk about first person being told in various ways. So you have him both as the participant, but he's also the reteller because he's telling events that happened to him in the past, mm-hmm. right? And there's also first person witness and there's no real witnesses. I like those aspects. I mean, I get that he's exaggerating things. That it's just those fourth wall breakers. That, anyway, Jim, go ahead. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. So, well, we've been we've been talking about coat or quoth uh, as as we're pronouncing it. I've I've also been told it's called he's called Kavote, but whichever. Um, the audiobook pronounced it quote, but that's yeah. all right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And as far as, as far as our main character is concerned, um, I, I didn't think too highly of him as the bar owner at first, but he sure reached out and grabbed me when he started telling his story. Oh yeah. And you know, and here's the thing, you know, Remember that he is he is part of the Edema Room. And they are master actors. And no matter and even throughout the story, so that 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 core to him, that background is a thing that frames him both on the on the streets of Tarvalin all the way to university when he gets in front of the 
of the of his masters who easily could kick him out, he puts on a profound performance. And even when he goes, oh, yeah. even when he goes to the village to deal with the dragging, quote unquote, um, and he's looking for the um, the Chandrian, he he is he's still putting on a master performance. And the bar, him as an owner of a bar, is a part of that. Was yeah, in, he's playing a part. Yes, but at the very end, we find out not only is he playing a part, but he's also be. He also is in danger of believing he is that part, and that's what's that's the way the book ends. Yeah, Bast is very nervous, very concerned about this. Yeah. Well, now we're on to number two. Okay, are we talking? Are talking about Bast? We're talking about talking about Quoth. Okay. Look, Barbara. Barber coat is is cool. I like that. I liked him. I like the everything that you said. I agree. That was really cool about seeing how he was using all this stuff now in in hiding. But no one can ever tell me that they like this book and then ever complain about Ray in Star Wars because both is the biggest Gary Sue in the entire world. I. There, at no point did I ever feel any threat to this character. It was just like he's gonna solve all the problems. He's got all the answers. He can do anything he wants. There's never any real like threat to him. Adult version of him, yes, I feel he's threatened. I feel something happens eventually, and there's a reason that you see him in hiding. So there's obviously a fault to him eventually. But in this book, in book one, he was infallible, and that drove me crazy because there, there never felt like there's any. Anything, anything of like danger to the character. Well, you you mentioned a Gary Sue. I I I don't get the reference. You know what a Mary Sue is? Uh, vaguely. Okay, so people say that Ray is a Mary Sue. It's a Mary Sue, and then a Gary Sue is is a, is a guy is a character that can have that can do no wrong, that always finds finds the answer easily, uh, learns everything, sees something once, learns how to do it instantly. I mean, Ray is a Mary Sue. But, uh, and 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 I agree that Quoth carries some of the Gary Sue, but I don't think the road is easy for him. So to say that it's easy and the, that he is I, no, I must, he, 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 he on the streets of Tavala, and I mean he gets uh, the crap kicked out of him numerous times. Um, but there's he, never any real danger, and that's because we know where he winds up. Well, yeah. So, but you could say that about any main character, I, and especially a character that's telling his own story. Yeah. Well, that's that's part of the problem. I mean, I'm not saying oh, it's I hate- not. A, it's part of the. It's he's not in jeopardy of dying, and we yeah. know that. I, I'm not saying I don't like the character. I just the fact that he was a Gary Sue, and I was talking to my buddy Chris Hall's been trying to get me to read this book forever, and I was talking to him. I was like, "Dude, this guy is such a Gary Sue," and he's like, "Oh yeah, you just gotta look past that." And I'm like, I, "I'm I'm trying. I'm try- Maybe there's more threats in the next book." And then the third one or whatever. Obviously the third one because that's going to lead up to like whatever's going on with him uh, for sure. But um, that was my that was my second was the the big problem with that was just I never felt any threat to this character. He's gonna he's gonna solve like none of the problems in this book particularly. Eventually there will be in this book particularly nothing seemed out of reach. Because you knew that he was going to become some crazy guy at the academy. So when he shows up at the academy, you knew he was going to get in there. You knew he wasn't going to die as a street urchin. It's like, 
he talks about how great this girl is and how they met, so you knew that eventually they were going to, like, have a better relationship than they did at the beginning. He can't defeat the Chandrian right away because then there wouldn't be any more books. It's like, they talked about dragons and he got the, then he read that book and then he got the thing and so now he knows how to, how to defeat the thing. This is, yeah. The mating habits of the common dragons. In this book I found, I found him as a child very boring. Uh, Jim, I want to hear from you. What do you think? Uh, does it bother you that he is a, as David put it, a Gary Sue? <laughs> okay. Uh, it, it doesn't. And, you know, if David feels that way, I'm cool with it. <laughs> that, that's fine. Um, however, to me, he is well-traveled as a very young person. As a matter of fact, all his life, he's been everywhere. Um, and he knows how to get himself out of situations or at least make the best of a bad situation that he's in. Um, I, I don't, I don't have a problem with our, the hero of the book not being in mortal danger, but I, you know, this guy, he's had a lot of crap thrown at him. You know, uh, he happens to be out of camp when his parents are killed. He was, uh, he was well-traveled. He knows how to get himself out of situations. He, and I agree, he was never any in any real danger, but he screwed up plenty, and he paid Agreed. the price, especially for that three years he spent in Terrabine, um, you know, and he was in danger all the time. Uh, it just never caught up with him. Right. And, and again, when we say danger, he was in danger of being hurt and everything else, but obviously he's telling a story. His life is not threatened in that way. And then how how could we expect him to have a life-threatening situation when he's sitting there at that moment telling the chronicler his well, story? Exactly. We know he's we know that no matter what happens through these books, he's going to survive. In contrast, I present to you the Lord of the Rings <laughs> or the Hobbit. Yeah, but even there, you know that Frodo's going to make it. Yeah, but it still feels more real. I don't know. This is one of those things that, like, it hadn't. I was trying to figure out what bothered me. I woke up in the middle of the night and I almost like put it in our chat because I was like, I can't forget to talk about how this is bothering me. But, <laughs> well, I'm so, sorry. Anyway, it's, I'm I mean, sorry. I don't hate the character, but it's just he just was a Gary suit. All right, all right, got it, Gary mm -hmm. suit. All right, all right, you're entitled. <laughs> yeah. So. We have here Bast. We don't know a lot about Bast, and there's a mystery that surrounds Bast that we get hints of. He's obviously a creature that is not human. Mm -hmm. Number one reason for me to read any more of the books is this character. Is Bast? Because I want to know more about him. Uh. What he's doing, like how he got... Because he's almost like he he's... Not coat servant necessarily, apprentice sort of, but it almost, he could almost be like a familiar. Right. Well, he's close apprentice, but he's kind of a lazy apprentice. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm just trying, like, I'm but curious. Seriously loyal. Did he, did he summon him? Is he like a demon or is he creature or? They, they, they indicate that he's not, I mean, iron affects him. Right. He's not human. That's obviously, I mean, he's got 
goat legs, right? What? We don't know that. Yeah, in the, in the bar scene, like his, when he touches the metal, like his legs change and he has hooves. Oh, maybe he does. Huh. I missed that. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I can be wrong. Yes, yes. Um, yeah. Well, Cron- well he, he seems, he Go seems ahead. also to be somewhat of a caretaker or bodyguard. Mm. Yes, and I uh, and I hear I hear that too. I hear that. What about um, what about chronicler? Since we're talking about people in the real world here, or in the and in, in the bar scene, I like him a lot. I I I, uh, I would read a spinoff on him. Yeah, not much story to him. I mean, he's the, yeah. he's the recorder. We get a little bit of backstory, but not much. But I think he's kind of. I mean, that whole thing where like. There were two times where he outsmarted people, or one time he outsmarted yeah. the bandits. Yeah. And then when Bass came at him, like he had that iron thing or whatever. Well, let me ask you this. Is he the author of the, the mating habits of the common Dracus? Well, doesn't, doesn't, <laughs> don't they say he is? Yeah. Well, that's what I mean. I thought that he was. And, but they don't, but when he's telling the story, you don't get that in. He doesn't jump out of the story and say, Hey, you know, here's your book and here's why yeah. it was right. He, does, he doesn't, but I thought it was said somewhere that this was the same guy. Yeah. They do mention that it's him. Right. Yeah. Okay. That would be cool to, well, it's probably pretty, I don't know. You never know how those stories are. I mean, it could be really cool to find out how he wrote that book or it could, right. could be actually really boring. It's a, it's right. a science expedition. I don't know. Right. Right. <laughs> but. All right, who else should we talk about here, Jim? Well, we have uh we have Abanthi, the uh uh Obi-Wan Yeah, the wise, the wise to, sage. Yeah, to quote. Um kind of a grumpy, growly old guy, but takes him under takes uh quote under his wing and begins to train him in the art of uh being an arcanist. Right. Yeah. I love this guy. I loved I loved him too. He was great, favorite guy. But he he mm-hmm. does he does drop. I mean, we, we pretty early on in the story he disappears. Yeah. He comes back towards the end, but not in the same fashion. Well, he, just, he seems to serve the, the purpose of steering how do you know, quote, how do you know he's around towards him? Well, towards the end of the story he's like he's in he's in like uh trial stuff. What trial stuff? Like, like from them fighting. Like, there's trials of, like how they should be punished. Okay. And stuff. Like he's around at the end of the like he disappears and he's around at the end of the book, but not like he was at the beginning of the book. I don't remember him being in the end. Well, it's just, it's like it's all of the head guys. But he's he's not one of the head guys. Yeah, he is. This guy? Abinthi? Abinthi, not... no. No, he's not. He doesn't come in. He doesn't no, come in. He, he, he departs. He, he points. Oh! You're thinking of someone else. He points Quoth in the, in the direction of going to the university. Yeah. And then he leaves. I'm, you're correct. I'm sorry. I was thinking of oh, okay. the guy at the university who's a little crazy. Yes. So you're, you're, th- you're thinking what? of. I was thinking of Elodin. 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 Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. Well, you know, um, that being said, Abanthi's gone in this book, but he's not dead. So it's quite possible that we will run into him again. Yeah. You think he, yeah. doesn't he say like that was the last time I saw him for X amount of years or something like that? Yeah. 
Yeah, so he yeah. eludes it, he'll come back. Right. Yeah. All right, so uh, who else here? Well, we got, uh, quotes, parents. Yeah, um, which I, they don't really play a major. I mean, they're, they're there, and they teach him some ground stuff that he continues to refer back to, but they're gone pretty soon, too. I mean, most of the story doesn't revolve around them. No, it doesn't, but you can see where Quoth gets his open-mindedness from uh, oh, yeah. his parents. That is true. And you see they, the uh, they, in the Adimaru, you see that, right? Yeah, they have they have raised him to appreciate his surroundings, to observe his surroundings, and stay open to new learning. Yes, and that obviously is important. And from his dad, he learns a little bit about um, how to navigate situations instead of just being angry or right. or fighting for your ground. When, when you should fight for your ground, when you should just be like, okay. Right, and when you should concede. He does. And, and you know, the, the whole idea of him being trained to Dimaru, that impacts the story. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So you, you yeah. need this backstory in it. So, so And absolutely. then let's not forget uh, quotes, uh, musicianship comes from his father. That is Where, true, too. Was there instruments in this? Book? No, no, uh, just lutes. Okay, a lot of lutes. A lot of everyone. Everyone played a lute. Yeah, except for Dennis, she played uh, a harp. Okay, yeah, or she was trying to get him to play a harp. Everyone's on a lute. Yeah. Okay. Lute. That's right. Um. (laughs) So (laughs) let's talk. So, um, we we there's we we should probably talk about at least three others. We need to talk about Ambrose. And we need to talk about Denna and Master Loden. So who do you want to pick first here? Um, uh, go ahead, Jim. Okay, let, let, let's hit uh, Denna first. Yeah, she's an enigma. Yeah. You know, oh, boy. Is you know, she ever a mystery? You, you know, I kept wanting to say, I wonder if she is Chandrian. Uh-huh. So I, n- no proof, but right after his parents are killed, uh, well, not right after, I guess when... When they exit Tarbian is when she first encounters him. But when you encounter her up at the village, you know, if she's not, maybe her master is Chandrian, her patron, I guess. Um, but we don't know that. But she's too mysterious, too unsettled. Her name continues to change like she's in hiding. And uh, Quoth tries to explain it away and create an understanding of that. But I'm not sure we get the we, – I know we don't have the full story here. No. She is uh, she is a gold digger, <laughs> is what she is. She's looking for a meal ticket. Absolutely. Well, and, and we don't and we don't know and, and rightly so, she has no family. Yeah, they do explain that like it was either become this or become a full out whore and a whore or a seamstress or a Yeah, seamstress. this was the choice she took. More. Yeah, but the thing of it is, is maybe she is going the other direction because every every time Quoth sees her, she's with a different guy. Yeah. yeah but she is only ever dedicated to Quoth. Baloney. Number three. Oh, here comes Rand oh. number three. <laughs> Rand three. This is Rand no, three. this is no, uh, par on the book or the writing or the author or anything but i have been in a relationship like this 
And it made this hard to read. Because <laughs> it was like okay. realizing okay. how dumb those times were and how it just reminded me of her and situations. And I was just like, this is, I'm not enjoying reading about this because I feel like I lived it. <laughs> so, so what you're really okay. saying is you are quote. Yeah. So this is a story about me, like you said at the beginning. So right. that wasn't really a rant, but that was the third thing about the book that bothered me. And it okay. wasn't anything about the book. Well, just, and it makes sense. We have that, I mean, you have that personal connection, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So he did good at making it seem real yeah, to you, <laughs> to me. Yeah. So, uh, well, you know, she was like, she was always like, Come here, come here, come here, come here. Oh, no, get away, get away, get away. Oh, come here, come here, come here. No, get away, get away, get away. You know, uh, it's it's like, okay, if she wants to take up with Quoth, do it. Yeah. All right. But but stop playing these games and stop, stop this disappearing act and, um, and walking up to Quoth with this other guy on this other guy's arm and saying, oh, look, this is my friend, but... I'm going to be with you forever. And it's like, get out of here. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she is, uh, I, I don't think I would want anything to do with this person. Yeah. That's what eventually I had to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, and, 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 and I, there's no doubt that Quoth is dealing with a lot of pain from this too. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Um, well, he doesn't really, he doesn't really impart that though. He's just kind of, he just seems to be, Accepting it and, oh, well, that's okay. That's just the way she is. La, 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 la. And, um. This step is called I denial. <laughs> yeah. he, always, you know, he always, he always comes back. Right. Right. Well, I, I hear you. I hear you. I think well, David's wiser than he is. <laughs> oh, it, David, it, you're, like, that? you're wiser than quote. It took a long time. You're <laughs> wiser so. than quote. Um, <laughs> so you know, we, we, we got to talk about uh, Crow's mortal enemy, and that is Ambrose. Mm-hmm. Oh, he's got more than one mortal enemy. He's got a whole pile of mortal yeah, enemies. Yeah, he does. That's true. But, and unfortunately... Uh, Unfortunately, they all sit on the board of the university. <laughs> well, not all of them. Not all. No. No. Well, Ambrose is the rich kid, right? Yep. Yeah. And 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 Master Ham is probably his like lackey, like his uh, yeah. his master that mm-hmm. constantly supports him. But Quoth has got him in trouble. Is in trouble with some of the other masters because he's banned from the library because he's stupidly carrying around an open flame in the middle of all these books. That was Ambrose's Which Ambrose fault. told him it was okay to do. Right, right. But you know, you know, when you're that young, I guess you believe anything. But right, right. But I, this guy, man, he was conniving. And yeah, but it's Ambrose Jackass. Remember? Oh uh, yeah, Ambrose Jackass. <laughs> I, I kept wondering how come, how come these like these masters didn't see through the crap, and and. Take it out on him more. Well, it, same reason that rich kids go to a university today and people look the other way. Oh, yeah. Because, true, because, the, because I mean, think about all the money that Ambrose is bringing into the university. Mm-hmm. They're going to be a little bit more tolerant. I mean, a little bit less yeah. tolerant. Go, go ahead. You go with the box, baby. I mean, you know, that sure. that's just the way it is. And uh, they had to float Quoth alone. To get into the university, um, <laughs> it's true. And Ambrose, he he wants for absolutely nothing. 
Yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should have Dan on as a special guest to talk about going with the Bucks. (laughs) 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 Uh, Yeah. Uh, I mean, I thought it was the ways that he went after him were pretty... uh, Some of them were very simplistic, but some of them were pretty, you know, thought out and and really conniving. Like, I kind of like that story aspect of... You've got all these really big bads that he's always talking about and thinking about. And then he's got this rich kid that's just like always throwing him sass and always, you know, yeah, every time you think that everything's okay, it's like, oh, I forgot this guy just smashed my loot. And, uh, he's just a person and a person can do that. And I know that is one of the things that Jim really connected with him on an emotional level, but uh, <laughs> the loot smash. See, Ambrose, Ambrose started out. Just picking on quote because yeah. he was younger, because he didn't feel he belonged there. He was too young to be in the university and he didn't, he didn't qualify as a good student. And it began to escalate. Uh, every time Ambrose would try to outsmart quote, uh, quote had way more, uh, sense than Ambrose did and always came out on top. So it just started escalating one on top of the other. Definitely more wit. Definitely much more wit than Ambrose. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Well, my, one then, of my favorite. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, until, of course, you know, it, it escalated to the point where. Um, well, he tried to kill him. Quoth was taking, was taking beatings. Oh, yeah. Right. You know, and then and then of course, yeah, the the killing thing. Right. One of my favorite parts between the relationship is when him and that guy that is a patron but can't support Quoth come up with the song Ambrose the um Ambrose oh. Jackass and they he yeah. gets caught up in front of the council, right? Uh, he's uh, on the horns, he's called to the horns, right? And um so they're all the masters are trying not to laugh, and as Ambrose leaves, one of them's humming it, <laughs> and I'm just like, this is like classic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he only sang it once, that like spread everywhere right. too. My, and, really I, cool. and I like his apology, I like his apology letter where he adds like two more verses. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> one of my favorite parts of the book. So. So we have next a, a Loden? Yeah, so this is our last one. There's other characters. His friends, there's his, this girl that likes him, Fena or whatever her name is, Fella, Fella. Mm-hmm. And there's also that girl underneath in the sewers that yeah. uh, obviously is important too. But uh, for the sake of time, let's talk about Mastery Loden. So this is my favorite character. <laughs> I said the other guy was, but I meant this guy. You met this guy? Yeah. Okay, why? Uh, I just like he's real quirky and... Uh, he reminded me of like, you know, Doctor Who. He's kind of yeah. crazy. Oh, he is a little bit Doctor Who. Yeah. And like, he's like, oh, come to yeah. my office. And, and he just walks him around the crazy right. place. And what, wasn't he naked under his robe too, David? Did he? Yeah. Yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes in the whole book is when, when. It's good you can only see me from my waist up. <laughs> David doesn't have that luxury. Yeah. <laughs> scarred for life. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of the one moments where, where Quoth wasn't a Gary Sue was one of my favorite parts where Aloden just walks out in the air. Just, you know, just nonchalantly walks off the, off the balcony. 
And Quoth is like, if he can do it, then I, I can do it. Well, actually. And he won't let he, me fall. He doesn't, he doesn't walk off in the air. He challenges him to saying, well, here's the third thing you got to do. Uh, I, gotta, thought, I thought he walked out there no, and told him to do that. No. But and, he thought that, hey, if he tells me to do it, it must be okay. So he did it to prove himself. And he, he just falls. Believe, he couldn't believe how stupid he was. Yeah, and he just falls. And the guy's like, well, you're obviously not ready. Yeah, you're not going to be my <laughs> But you know what does it then? He calls the name of the wind accidentally for the second mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and that's the one that says, okay, you're going to be my apprentice. Yeah. I think the second reason I would want to read the next book is to see more of him. Oh, Elodin? Yeah. yeah Master Elodin? Yeah. 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 So it's, it's, it's very good. You know, we, we got to back up. This trilogy is called the King Killer Trilogy, right? And so we haven't seen any, but, but Quoth is the King Killer. Or we're assuming he's mm-hmm. the King Killer. Even though we had no, so we talk about why is he hiding in a bar in this remote town? Quite possibly tied into that. Yeah. Well, at the very beginning, we know he was escaping from something and jumped and called the name of the wind and like basically flew for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so like you know that he becomes like a superpowered dude. Yeah. Eventually. Uh, now, yeah. so far in this book, though, quotes um, motivation is revenge against the Chandrian. Yeah, the Chandrian man. They're they're he's he's anti Chandrian. I really like the backstory and there. So, what are they exactly? Are they demons? Are they just evil people? Or I forget how he explains it. Like the, um, the good ones were people. Yeah, they got turned into like whatever they are. And I thought the bad ones was like there's the blind guy. And then I assumed he may, he he knows the names of these creatures, and then thus controls them. That's what I kind of got. Because yeah, there's a, there's a so we meet them only once with his parents, and right. then we get mm-hmm. when they go to this village, and they where they dig up from the uh, the underground room this vase. We get a little bit more of the story, and then it's also told in Tarbian by the uh, monk guy or the uh, storyteller that's in that one bar. We get a little bit. Uh-huh. But that's it. We really don't find out that much. The, the Chandrian remained this mystery. Yeah, we just know about yeah. the main guy. Yes. And, yeah, uh, and Quoth is Quoth is going to the university to learn how to defeat the Chandrian. Right. Right. So, yeah, it, it's um, you know, Quoth has his own agenda. That he's not talking about to anybody. He's keeping that pretty much to himself. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, so, uh, yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. But uh, it is the uh, story. It seems to be an overarching part of the story that we don't get answered here. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. that I, I suspect that'll be later. Quite a bit later. Yeah. So we have a ton of stuff that we could talk about. What, what about. what about some favorite points of plot? Uh, that we didn't talk about yet. Well, my big things were that where he walked off the edge, and I really liked the backstory uh, of the Chandrian and and those guys. I thought that was really, really cool because um, we are experiencing this, the growth of this story through Quoth, and so he's slowly learning magic. Here, Here for a little bit, we got to experience, like, 
a lot of magic and right and and i thought that that was that was cool yeah you know the other thing that uh that i really liked is when he wins his pipes yeah that's kind of a cool scene like him winning his pipes and Oh, when he meets um, Chronicler, I really like that too. Oh, when he meets Chronicler, they, and, he, and he fights off all the all the demons. The demons, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. then you you find out a little bit more like there's more to this guy than just a bartender. Yeah, yeah. So that's obviously a part of it. I also like the Lone Shark. What is her name? I can't oh, remember her name. Yeah, the girl oh, that I don't remember. Another one of the girls in love with him, right? And he's totally oblivious. But yeah. Uh, hey, well, you know, she's pretty even-handed. As long as he pays his uh, interest, yeah, he's going to be okay. Yeah, I think so. I think so. You know, uh, a yeah. couple other parts. I like the part when he's having the the um, they're in the um, it has to do with alchemy, and they're supposed to light each other, blow out each other's candle. Oh, so yeah. I love that whole scene, uh, and I love yeah. in the. Um, in the fishery, when the fire breaks out and he saves Fella, yeah. I think that's. I like it when he gives Hemi the hot foot. Oh, <laughs> that's fun too! So many good parts, <laughs> and he does it in such a nonchalant way. So. Yeah, it almost gets him thrown out, and he gets a beating for it. He so. does. Um, same when he calls the name of the wind, he almost gets thrown out, but he ends up getting moved to Relar. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and get some masterships. So. Yeah, uh, he gets really, really lucky, doesn't he? He does. Well, this is why he's a Gary Sue, apparently, yeah. according to this young according man over me. here. So, <laughs> yeah, um, you know, I like I like the way he takes a beating. Yeah. Well, you know? he does cheat a little bit. Yeah, he does. Yeah. yeah. It still hurts. But he walks up there like a man and stands up by that pole, and he's not gonna he's not gonna let on that it hurts. He's gonna act like it absolutely does not hurt at all. You know it does. Oh yeah, yep. I, I, I think mean, at that point he he's building his myth. Right. Well, quoth the bloodless. Yeah. 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 You know, unless you are unless you are absolutely pumped full of morphine, you are going to feel a whip. Yeah. 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 Yeah, well but, it's true. And then now my favorite point of plot is kind of a kind of a big picture kind of thing because I love these kind of stories. <laughs> Knock it off. Molten all coming. <laughs> you can't see it, but David's pretending to play a Ludo. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, yeah, David doesn't know how to hold one. But anyway, um <laughs> Anyway, the, the, the big picture of this is, is I think what really appealed to me because you get all this little activity at the beginning and then you're invited into the inn to sit down and listen to a story. Okay. And you just, you just kind of sit over in the corner and you listen to this and you watch this and it's really comfortable. It's really, Oh, I don't know what to say. Cozy, you know, oh, put a blanket on and put a fire in the fireplace and just sit back and enjoy this story. Hmm. And and I think that's what appeals to me most about this book. Interesting. Hmm. See, for me, I would have preferred to have been just blank slate like Aragon. You know, like we were just experiencing it as it progressed rather than 
as someone telling a story. And I think mostly because I just, that, that plays along with my not feeling of no danger because you know where he winds up. See, for yeah. me though, um, I like what Jim's saying, uh, because it feels like the story is not just the one that's being told, but it's also the current redemption of quoth. Because he is, he has lost his way. And according to Bass, one of the, the way he'll find his way is by reliving the story. Yeah. And so, and so in that, and that's, and that's, so we have the story he's telling, but we also have the story of quoth now figuring out who he is. I agree. And I think that they, that, that's the hook to get you to come back to the book too. Right. And I think it's a good hook, but at the same time, for me personally, that I could have had that earlier for to make me care more about. See, D- David, David but, thinks that the author's got these ulterior motives uh, and yeah. he's manipulating his audience and the readers and. <laughs> yeah. Anytime an author writes a story, he manipulates the audience, David. Yeah. You know that. Well, I, well, this one was written by God Emperor of Fantasy, so. <laughs> to make a Dune reference, uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I, I, the writing is good. I, 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 I wanted, and I do want to say this: what an incredible world! Yeah, it is a cool world. An it incredible is. world that he's created, um, and he keeps you in that world. And the university is painted beautifully, mm-hmm. and. Um, yeah, the, the network of friends is just well done, very well done. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. um, so anything else we need to talk about before we uh, maybe move on? Did you have favorite parts? You didn't. You, oh, did I? Did I not share? I didn't share. I didn't share favorite know. parts. Um, you know, there's so many. I the you know him in. Him, him in in Tarbian, right? Uh, we didn't talk much about that, but he really learns how to survive in Tarbian. Oh yeah. Um, I, I'd love one of my favorite parts in Tarbian is when he trades for the book. He he, he like puts his book in loan. <laughs> he goes and actually takes a bath, walks out of the bath with a towel around him. Goes to the clothier and uh, the tailor and acts like a spoiled brat and to get what he wants and then goes back and, you know, pays back the bar owner. And uh, yeah. I just love that scene because again, you see a different quote. You see a quote that's coming out of the funk he's been in and rightly so. He saw his parents murdered practically in front of him. And uh, so I, I, I like that part. Um, and that is it is one of my it's one of my parts. Um Ari, right? The uh the girl. The interaction with the girl in the underground, fascinating. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. What what? Hush hush. Like that guy. What what? Hush hush. That guy was Oh yes. And he is he there there's a there's a mystery there. Yeah. I wonder if Quoth learns a little bit of compassion from him. I think I think Quoth learned a lot when he went back to say goodbye, and the guy didn't see anything different about him. Right. He just gave, started giving him chores, even though he was dressed all right, like nice and everything. 
So <laughs> yeah, that that does yeah. say a lot. Now later on in the book, it would have been quoth saying, "Okay, just charge us to Ambrose." <laughs> yeah, definitely. Jackass. All <laughs> uh, yeah. right, but well, very good. Well, so uh, I guess you need to lead us into closing thoughts here. Yeah. Okay. So closing thoughts. Uh, I'm all over the place, so we'll get to me last. Go ahead, Jim. <laughs> what do you think of this book? How would you rate it? What do you think of this book? Uh, would you recommend it? How would you rate it? Uh, yeah, well, um, I would definitely recommend it. As a matter of fact, I have uh, recommended it to uh, a couple of students. Um, I really, really enjoyed it and am looking forward to at some point to reading the second book. Um, however, if there is no third book, if there is no closure to this story, I am going to be really, really pissed if I read another one of these books and there isn't a third one. Well, yeah. well he's supposedly I'm just on warning it. you guys because I know what's coming. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Well, he, yeah. yeah. He, he is working on a third book. And there is a 2.5. There's a short story also tied into the series. Yeah. Yeah. So, but this, book, uh, book? this book by itself, I'm going to give it five out of five, okay. uh, five out of five, uh, names of the wind or something. I don't know. <laughs> Scott? Five out of well, five loots. Uh, five five loots. loots. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to give this book also five out of five men that Dennis been with. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So, this has been a. Uh, it's an incredible book. It's. It has to be one of the one of my favorite books. Um, maybe not of all time, but of the books that we've read so far in the Hobbit of Sword, hands down has to be one of the one of my top ones. And uh, I enjoy it, and um, I have recommended it. It's up on my wall every day. I tell my students what I'm reading currently, and this book's been up there, and I've talked about it numerous times. Um, and I'm really excited about it. I'm excited. Yeah, I'm excited about the story. Okay. All right. So five out of five. I would uh, give the book three verses out of five verses of that song Burn that everyone loves. Him. Burn <laughs> him. I, I don't hate the book by any means. I just, I don't love the book. It's kind of a meh on me. I would not recommend this book to anyone. Unless, and I probably would never bring this book up unless someone brought it up on their own or if I was talking about the podcast. Um, I found it just kind of very blase. Um, I'm not opposed to reading more. Uh, I think my comment was after, after, after it was done, I, I, I told Chris, I said, I, I, I wouldn't be against reading the other book, but it, I would have to not have anything else to read. That, right. uh, that I was ready to read. Um, that said, that, that, that book did win our, <laughs> our poll for next month, so I don't have a choice. Right, right. I have actually pretty high hopes for the second book because I think, I think a lot of the things that I enjoyed about the first book will be amplified in the second book. And again, I, I'm, I'm giving it a three out of five. I, I really, I, I don't harbor super, I, I, I can be negative, but I don't harbor super negative things about this. Like, it's not like, uh, freaking New York 2040, 2024 or whatever that 
horrible, horrible book that was. was. A good book. Oh, yeah. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> it's not like that. Like I will take my hatred for that book to the grave. But uh, <laughs> um, I will say that talking about this with you guys has made me retrospectively enjoy the book more. Uh, not more enough to give it a four, but I contemplated a three point five. So, uh, yeah. All right. So as you said, we are reading for the next time we're going to be reading. Um, it's called yeah, it's Wise Man's Fear. Is that, that what it's called? Well, I don't know. It is called. I got it here. Hold on. It might be Wise Man's Fear. I think it's Wise Man's Fear. It's called The Wise Man's Fear. Oh. Way to go. Oh, is that what it's called? It's, it's, called, it's called The Wise Man's Fear. It's called Sphere. The Wise Man's Fear. <laughs> right, right. Confirmed. So, so do we know what books are on for next time? Uh, yes. So we had a tie for second place. So we're okay. going to carry those over. All right. We have, uh, Revelation Space by Alistair Reynolds. Ooh, Reynolds. Okay. And I Am Legend by Richard Matheson. They both tied for second place. Uh, now, did we get some suggestions from the audience? We as did. Well? We did get a suggestion from the audience. We have Armageddon's Children by Terry Brooks. Okay. So are we okay with three or do we want to put a fourth one on there? We should put a fourth one on there. Okay. And I think we should throw back on one of the, the Expanse novels. Okay. The first one. The first Expanse novel? Yeah. Uh, people were interested in that. So we'll, put, well, you know, I'm interested in it because I've only read the fourth book. Yeah. I'm inter- I'm really interested in it, so yeah. I'm all about putting the Expanse yeah. back up on there. So. You can take yep. Artemis off. To heck with you guys. I'm reading it on my own. <laughs> uh, yeah, me too. I've read it twice. And yeah. uh, the Artemis got uh, one vote <laughs> last month. That was Jim's so, vote. Yeah. Uh, I, I think I'm going to that was my vote. Well. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to have to pick it up. Yeah. It I, is good. I do want to read it. Yeah. Um, so that's where we go. So next month, we'll be reviewing The Wise Man's Fear by Patrick, uh, Rossus. Yep. You got it. And, uh, yeah. So that about brings us to the end of the show. We hope you guys enjoyed our, our conversation. I hope I didn't piss anybody off too much. Sorry, Patrick. So, yeah, sorry, Patrick. Uh, <laughs> It, we'd love to hear what you thought of this book and any future book or past book we've reviewed. There are many ways to do that. You can hit us up on Facebook and comment anywhere you want. Let us know what you thought. Um, you can also leave recommendations for future books. Uh, you can mainly hit us. The best place to go to is uh, theorbitalsword at gmail.com. Just shoot us an email with your recommendations of books, your thoughts on any previous books, uh, or what we're currently reading for next month. We'd love to discuss that on air. Um, other ways that they can get in touch with us? Yeah, well, Facebook, obviously. Did you mention that already? Mm-hmm. So Facebook, uh, Twitter, we're on Twitter at the, at Orbital Sword. And, uh, you can call us at 1260-577-CHAT. That's 1260-577-2428. And you can leave a message there and we can, we'll, we'll play it here. Don't forget, you can also support us on Patreon. We love our mm-hmm. Patreon supporters. They help make our show what it is. Yeah. And we appreciate that. Yeah, thank you. So. Uh, we tried something out new this time. We did some Facebook live broadcasting. Yeah. This should be up on our Facebook cha- page. So if you're curious to see um, us live, if you have any interest in that, um, I think we'll probably continue to do that. Um, we'll have to check audio and face yeah. our first time doing it. So we'll have to see how it all sounded. Yeah, let us know uh, if you checked it out, what you thought. So Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So once so again for the Oracle Sword. in front of Facebook. Yeah. What's that, Jim? Go I was ahead. going to say. I was going to say, you, you can sit there in front of your computer with Facebook and watch three guys talk for an hour. 
That's right. Uh, the, the height of the height of excitement. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Well, they they <laughs> tune in for the chance that there could be some real drama. That's right. that's what it is. Well, we have. I think we right. had some. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So once again for the Orbital Sword, I'm David Moulton. I'm Scott Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowwood. And join us next time on board the Orbital Sword.
to get cold inside, never came.